Bump that uh, Skillabang, How Life's So Sweet. You know what? It's just going to be the motherfucking intro songs of this pod. How about that? The oh. Prodigy. Yeah. Distinct beats. Big and just cliff has me wake. Tongue just have me in a lame. Nothing not do my brain. Clean and I dazzle every day. How oh, life so sweet, 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 how oh, life so sweet. Them one who all life so sweet, cup of any champagne, pop the vibes on cheap. If them be semi not danger, we life don't free. Girl, them I tell them friend what them. What are we talking about there? What do you want to talk Nutsack? about? Nutsack? Nutsack? No. Right. Young Duty made a song called Nutsack. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Episode number. Uh, Whatever, and you're still having. I think we're at 45. No, we can't. Including SoundCloud. Oh, this is true. I always include the SoundCloud, bro. You should know this by now. That, that gives was, us like a those 10. Those are our beginnings. That gives us our 10 episode buffer or whatever. Those were rough, man. Those were. It was rough, but it was like. I liked it. It was kind of like. We're hey. doing it. we doing this shit now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Y'all didn't even think about that. Yeah, so it was rough, but I, I liked it. <laughs> I plead the fifth. No, no. Seriously, though. Why is this not tightening, though? I don't know. Couldn't tell you there, buddy boy. Put your head on my. I swear to God, if I took a year off of work and just went to like a singing coach, you'd be just I could, as bad as I you could are now. I could make it. I could make it, bro. Make what? The word. Make a racket. Quiver at my voice. Quiver. Quiver is the word he chooses. I've been thinking about that a lot. It's a real thought. You are not now, nor never will be, a singer. Those are just the facts that you will have to face. One way or another. Never had no Obama runs. You know what Obama runs is. You don't even know Obama. Obama? All right. Here we are, back again, in Queens, for another rendition. Where else? We could be in the best borough in New York, but we're we, in Queens. We are in the best But we're borough. in Queens. That's the best borough. Back with another rendition of Empty the Tank. Did we ever tell people where that came from? Where what came from? Empty the Tank. Yes. That had to be one of the first episodes. I'm thinking... I feel like it was a SoundCloud day. You think so? Anyway, I'm going to tell him anyway. Okay. Our old college coach used to use the phrase, empty the tank. Wait, you got to say which one. Cause oh, do, you, <laughs> do you want to use names here? I didn't no, know. No, 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 no. You just say which... Ah, uh, yeah, fair, fair, fair. I had well, a, I had three. I, was I, say, had, I had three head three coaches. different coaches. Okay, go ahead. In my college career. This was my... This was my... Sophomore year. But I'm trying to figure out the number-wise. This was low-key like my second head coach. But yes, my first yes head coach to ever play under. That makes sense. I didn't play under my first head coach because he left two weeks in to move to Texas. Pause. Um, so, yeah, this was my first head coach to play under, but my second head coach in, in general. And he used to use the phrase, empty the tank to kick us into another gear. At the end of practice. Now let me tell you. When he used to say that on some real shit, it would do fucking nothing for me. (laughs) No, not a damn thing. (laughs) It would do not a goddamn thing for me. It just made me aggravated. Right? Because it was like, I'm going to give you what I got. It's going to be a lot. You know this. Don't tell me to empty the tank. Because you know niggas is about to be tired after this practice. You know we're emptying the tank. I don't it, think he knew what niggas was about to be about anyway. So I'm, just use another phrase for me, because like empty the tank is kind of like, oh god damn it, it's kind of like it feels very uh, middle schoolish and like high schoolish to me. Like you know, like you shouldn't have to be like to to a college athlete like empty the tank, buddy. Like it just sounds, it doesn't. It doesn't tickle my competitiveness. <laughs> it doesn't tickle my competitiveness. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> you know? Because it's like, 
For Who's me, you, who, what tickles your competitiveness? A lot, let, of, a lot of things. Let's, let's hear that. First. A lot of things tickle my competitiveness. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, I wasn't going to, uh, like, I didn't preserve anything. Like when we were doing conditioning and like shit like that, like I was deady at the end of practice. But well, then they, they a lot started of people to, were not like that. So. I'm just saying they start. It, that's why it aggravated me though. I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about me. That's why it aggravated me because I literally. I'm doing everything this practice, giving you 150%. Everybody wasn't. There's nothing in the fucking tank, bro. I'm everyone just running wasn't. on fumes. You know very well everyone was not giving 100% during those practices. Bro, he used to say, all right, first three to finish. You're done for the day. I'm in there. I'm not playing no games. You know I'm done because I'm watching y'all run, and I just feel that helps me. You know that makes me feel better. You know what's funny? Whenever he would say first three done, uh, can sit down, I used to just jog because I knew I wasn't going to be in the first three. So I used to just be like, fuck it. Like, the attention's going to be in everyone going hard. I'm going to coast because I know I got to I gotta go at least two more times before he gets to my, my speed class. <laughs> Real shit, though. I, it wasn't my speed class. No, I applaud you for the self-awareness. <laughs> if I'm anything, I'm self-aware. Yo, I applaud you I was for fucking, knowing I was what you could do. I was fucking 6'2", I'm not fucking running <laughs> I'm a... I'm not moving nowhere. You guys weren't running a 4'4", four, four, but I mean, shit. If y'all were running a 4'8", I was running a 5'2". <laughs> it wasn't working. <laughs> Feel Yo. me? So I just knew. I was like, this ain't mine. And then if he did some shit like the next three, I'm like, closer, but not really there. Then if he did the next three or five, then it's like, all right, now it's time to... Uh, you got to end it. Now it's time to get out before uh, it gets tough. Or just before you get into that like bottom rack, where you're like just doing shit because you just can't run anymore. Oh my god! You know what'd be the worst when he do like the first three for like the first three and the first nine guys are done and then everyone else is in the middle. It's kind of like all right, it's time to go, and he's just like, "Eh, fuck it, everybody else just run." (laughs) You're just like the best, the best, bro, the best. (laughs) I used to be on the bench or on the on the bleachers at practice, sipping out my Gatorade bottle, wheezing. Watching you guys run. That's the best feeling. That's the best feeling now. You can tell me that, like, you can attest to, like, coaching. Yeah. And, like, watching your kids run. I don't know if you've ever, like, had your kids run. Yeah, bro. I make them do conditioning after every time we throw just because I know they're not going to go home. And my favorite thing to tell them is it's not that bad. No matter what we do, they could be (laughs) jumping off a building. Eh, I've had it worse. (laughs) We have. I mean, seriously, right now we have. Maybe in the future, when I coach older kids, I'll make it actually bad. But yeah, if I tell them to do a minute plank, nah, they're just they're convulsing, and I'm like, guys. I mean, at 16, I, I was convulsing at 16. Yeah, and what were your coaches telling you? Get the fuck over it, bro. Yeah, you're gonna do this regardless. <laughs> and, and this is how we pass or down quit. the tradition. Or quit. This is how we pass down the tradition. Um. Not yeah. At 16, so. Being from Florida, that conditioning was pretty sick. Like, in terms of, like, things we did and, like, on top of, like, the severity of it. But now looking back at it, like, it wasn't that tough. But at, like, 15, 16, 17, like, doing that conditioning, like, guys coming in way earlier than you. Yeah. Like, you've only been on varsity for a year. They've been on varsity for three years. They've been four-year lettermans, like, on the team already. Like, they're coming in. Like, there's no time for you to, like, coast. You will get your ass cut, and even worse, you'll literally get shunned. We did maybe one or two conditioning days in the early spring before the season started because the way the the Catholic high school calendar was for baseball, <clears throat> you only had a certain amount of days that you could use, and our coach was also the basketball coach. So, look. It just wasn't the way it was. It you know, if we yeah. did conditioning, it was one day of conditioning where it was, I don't know, maybe stairs or something. And it sucked, and then it was over. And then, you know, it was nothing crazy. Yeah. Like, the stuff you guys did? Oh, my gosh. That, you might have had me in cardiac arrest. Like, yeah. we're running through the town. Like, now everyone's in the town is going to see me passed out. That's what and <laughs> that's just something you as that's, a coach have to live with. That's another thing too. That's the only way this is getting completed. You run into the town and the same people you see in on uh I honestly forgot the road. I can't even remember where that was. You run into the town the same people that are seeing you run, bro, are the same people coming to games watching you play. That's the thing. Y'all had 
giant y'all had decent audiences that's what i'm saying bro it was uh honestly fucked with the way that like uh i know it's a florida thing but like i can only test for my high school the way we did things in terms of like scheduling was like sick in terms of like seasons you had the spring season after the spring season you jump right into summer bowl right you're mo- you're probably playing with some of your boys on the team on a on a travel team my coaches also coach a travel team too so you might have played with that not actually not back then but like still you might have played with a coach you knew from another school another high school that was coaching a travel team right they were nasty right right after summer bowl you jump into the fall bowl you got two weeks bro first day of class you go into coach's room for the fall meeting Really? Right? Yeah, bro. yeah, bro. First day. That's awesome. Then you have, um, then you have like a uh, that was more like an unofficial thing. Then you have like two weeks into the school year, you have like the official fall meeting where like everybody from the school comes because everybody's trying to try out, yeah, or whatever. And then you got fall ball. The regular guys make the team. The guys who are on the bubble or fall ball, whatever, whatever. Finish fall ball like October, November ish. You got two weeks off in November, conditioning until spring. Damn. Right? But it was like conditioning slash field prep slash like practice. Because think about it. After, conditioning was probably like an hour and a half, two hours, right? And you're doing that like during the school day. Because remember, well, that was my senior year. You had like, we had seven period. It was baseball weightlifting. So we're doing weightlifting or conditioning. Get done with conditioning, bro. The field is there. Throw, hit, ground balls, BP, everything. You in the locker room. You in the locker room talking to coaches. You're in the locker room chilling. Like, go get something to eat. Come back. BP in the cages in the back. Like, it was so... All this BP and you still couldn't hit. I didn't take BP oh, after fucking didn't? sophomore year. Oh, damn. Yeah. After sophomore year. I hadn't year. seen enough. <laughs> nah, it was more like... It was more like they, they thought I could progress more as a pitcher. Did you did you guys use metal in high school or what? Yeah, metal. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, drop threes. Yeah, no, we weren't. I think New York is the only, the only state, to use wood bats in high school leagues. That's so weird to me. I, I, don't quote me on that, but I. Think, well, I mean, I'm pretty other, sure I've read that. other leagues is optional, but I know New York is only wood. Yeah, like there's no metal allowed, which I think. I think it's kind of. I don't even know how to. It's so cool. It's cool, but then it also is like, the guys who are on the bubble, that maybe can't hit as well, like with a wood bat as a metal bat, don't get the opportunity, I feel. That's fine. Didn't in need the you. same I mean That's fine, didn't need you. In the same regard, but then like you have all these guys going to D threes, you have all these guys going to, you know if you can hit with wood, you can hit with anything. Like low level JUCOs. Yeah, I played in a wood bat league one summer. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> I think that was my last summer hitting. <laughs> After yeah. that, it was uh, it was pitching. It was curtains. After that, it was it was you it realized was pitching, your time bro. was up. Yeah, bro. But uh, the, I got introduced to the PO lifestyle and how it like should have been done in high school, and it was beautiful. Taking PFPs and then you're shagging. I mean, after that, it's pretty much just like arm care. We had a uh, we had started to use um. Uh, weighted balls. My senior year in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. And we did uh, we did a progression of bands every day. Like I, it's funny that you tell me like St. John's was like, not like a show up and play, but like, you know, there wasn't that much like Saint structure. St. Jones. Whatever. Because we, we were Jones. We were Jones. There wasn't that much like structure to it. Well, as much as Florida anyway. But like. No, no. Are you are you kidding me, bro? And no, I'm going to put it like this. If a Popka somehow transplanted that high school to New York City, you guys would dominate. That'd be awesome. The city, excluding maybe, uh, excluding George Washington and Tottenville and the very top of New York City. I think they could compete with you guys just simply for the fact that they had guys straight off the boat or a couple of guys. They, I was some of say, the guys from Tottenville or from Staten Island or I think Severian went to Vandy or other places. So, Or one did. Let me put it like that. So, no, no, no. There's one guy from Staten Island that went to Vandy, but he transferred somewhere in Jersey and then went there. But either way, the top schools in New York, it'd be a good game. I still think you guys come out on top from just sheer talent. 
But if a pop club played at our high school, I mean, personally, we never shot in hell. No. I'd say we get through the first two, uh, maybe the first two or three innings because you guys aren't used to using wood bats. But if you guys could use metal. Oh, no. Our guys used wood in summer ball leagues. Oh. Guys who played for the Scorpions, who played for OBA, which is Orlando Baseball Academy. So, in, yeah, other, in, was, other, in other words, it would have been ugly from the beginning. Yeah. They and were, then it would stayed ugly. They, we were apt in, in both types of bat. Yeah, so. We just didn't use it. We just didn't use wood for the high school okay, season. Okay, I, I apologize for the disrespect. Yeah. Yes. So. Come on now. Come on now. What are, <laughs> look, if you're in New York City baseball and you throw 85 plus, you're a prospect. You throw 85-plus in Florida, and you're just another guy. Regular, regular. Yeah, you know? So, that's yes. just that's just the talent difference. And, personally, it just makes sense. You just you think about it. What would you say? You're playing four seasons a year. Hopping, it's a 1-1-1. One, one, one. Here, it's high, you got high school season. Then you got some summer ball. Maybe you play some fall ball. Most high schools don't have fall ball for baseball. Really? So usually on your own. Yeah, some oh, do. The better ones do. Did you have fall ball? No. You didn't have fall ball at St. John's? It's basketball season. Damn. Our our baseball coaches were basketball coaches. They were head coaches on the basketball That's team. That's just that lazy. Time. That's just lazy to it's me. It's a small school with a small budget, my brother. Small St. John's was a small school? Budget. How many kids did you have? Total. Maybe. It was under two grand. Oh, damn. Yeah, you had two grand what in like the first hallway in the building? My graduating class was, was almost a thousand. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was so like graduating class. It was just look. It is what it is. You can complain, wow. but at the end of the day, I cherish almost every moment of my high school. Oh, you experience. have to. You have to. It was an it was a absolute ball. I had a great time. I laughed a lot. Didn't really cry a lot. Maybe once. <laughs> I got in a lot of trouble. I had a good time. I met a lot of good people that I still keep in contact with today. You know, I always think about uh, I always think about the old high school days now, and like, I always think to myself that like, just like you just, I laughed a lot. Like I had my group of friends that I had a great fucking time with at all times. Like I was an athlete, and I everything was catered. Mom and dad did everything. There was no I did, there was no shortage of nothing. Growing up in high school or whatever. Baseball equipment, money if I needed it to go out, like after the game or something. Like there was none of that. But nah, it was a it was a it was a different, different like like way that I thought about it like two years ago. I was really like, fuck high school. Like, fuck that shit. Really? Yeah, because two I, years ago? Because I was like, I'm a different person than I was at eighteen. Why would you say fuck it though? You need that because whatever that experience was, you grew right. From it. But it was it was more like I didn't know who I was coming out of high school, right? Because I was like trying to be so many different people, right? Because I was an athlete, right? But I was also like not friends with only athletes that most of the athletes were, you know. Like I wasn't like yeah. a star athlete. You I know? get what you're saying. You feel me? Like yeah, it, yeah. I get what you're it saying. was different, completely different. Like at Mount, I'm not saying I was a fucking star athlete at Mount, but like. Going to a smaller school, like, being an athlete, it just puts you into a, maybe not a better category, but puts you into a different category completely. Nah, I don't even sugarcoat that shit. It's high school, man. If you're the man on the team in high school, you're the man. That's how the shit go. There's no sugarcoating that. You feel me? There's, like, it's a great fucking feeling. Think about how movie, movie, uh, movie like this shit was. We had the starting quarterback, coach's son, on the football team, right? Head coach is a legend. Been in a pop for like 15 plus years, right? Head coach is already a legend. You got his older son on the offensive line, right? Went to uh, went to Oklahoma, right? He's a, I think he's in a, a, an offensive line coach there now, right? His younger brother, starting quarterback on varsity his sophomore year. Hold on. We got to interrupt this for a second. There is no sicker job than being a coach at a big school and you're making a shit ton of money in a backwater town and your only job is to wear school polos and shorts and or team provided gear the super thin shorts with no pockets and if you <laughs> if you want to know what the dream is the dream is to coach maybe the defensive backs or maybe the special teams at Alabama make about 150 to 200 grand and be the fucking man in Alabama and you might say Evan it's Alabama and to that I'll say to you this 
I traveled through Alabama, I'll buy briefly, to get to Houston. And what I observed in Alabama is gas is very cheap. Everything at gas stations is cheap. And every car is just kind of beat to shit, except the trucks. So if you make 200 grand in Alabama, you're king. You're basically Jeff Bezos anywhere else. And Jeff Bezos in Alabama is one of the Egyptian pharaohs we read about that had people stay people lay down in front of him so they could stand. It might because be the second coming of Jesus to those at, to, to people at, at that point. So I'm saying 200 grand in Alabama? You drive a Corvette in Alabama and you coach on the football team and you're getting all types of ass. You know, yes. it's just, it's not a real place. So, <laughs> facts. So let's not just, a place to us. Let's just be clear, man. If you hear somebody went to, went to a D1 school and then ended up coaching there, most likely they're living the fucking dream. They're yep. a legend there. They're respected. They know where everything is. They're in charge of the recruiting and not that, in charge, but they have a hand in it. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, when they're when they're having you recruited, they're gonna talk to the guy that went to the school. Of course, that's coaching there. Of and course, first off, because it's like this guy. Not only did he give us four years of undergrad, but he came back, and now we're paying him. He's doing a good job. That's the dream. I just want you guys to be clear on that. If you have a dream, this is better than it. I can assure you. I can assure you. And if you've never coached anything or you're not an athlete, I can understand that you don't understand, but I can tell you this very simply. If you realize that you can be wrong and you realize that they're just kids, you can be a great coach, personally. And if you put that on top of the fact that whatever sport you're coaching, you've probably done for about 15 to 20 years. So inherently, you know pretty much all you need to know. Exactly. And anything you do need to know that you don't know is just a small detail that you can work on. You realize that this job is nothing. You're getting paid $200,000 to tell people things you already know, and you're getting issued team gear the entire time. And not to, not to, uh, not to forget that if you a nigga like me, (laughs) Feel me? Like, I'm a person that I like to, uh, if I know something, I like to, to teach. And then I love to see my teachings being executed. Oh, my goodness. That's, Are you kidding there's me? There's no more gratifying of a feeling. I think one of the best feelings of coaching is having a kid, instructing a kid or teaching a kid, and then he starts to get it, or it starts to click, or they, they perform in a game, and they just look at you, and they're just like, how'd you know? And it's like, Facts. and it's like, bro, I've been failing at this game for, yes. for 20 years and yeah, I'm not bro. stopping anytime soon, baby. Facts. Cause I'm still playing. Facts. <laughs> Facts. I mean, it, it, there's, I, there's no other way to coach. Like you, you're going to have to, you either going to coach a team and te- and have your guys be successful in games or girls be successful in games. Right. And, and build off that. Or you're going to tell every fucking kid the wrong motherfucking thing. Find out it doesn't work, and just go back to square one and try it again. Hopefully, you don't get fired, and it's not a monumental mistake. But like, that's that's really all it is. Your your teachings either work or they don't, and you also have to note every kid is motherfucking different, and every kid does not need an adjustment based off like what you think is right. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying you can admit that you're wrong. For instance, yes, okay. There's yes. been times I've been wrong with things, or there's been time when I've been coaching and I've thought to myself later. I need to do this differently or I don't like the way I did this today. And it's not even why can't not even is the right word. It's just more if you're a coach, you're not there for you anymore. You're there for no, the yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, good things might happen to you, but let me tell you something. If you're a coach and your players produce and they get better, you will always have a job. Yes. Always. So yes. worrying about this or that, no matter if you had anything to do with it or not. Yeah, that's the one thing I can say. You know, if you're a coach and you're thinking about yourself before your players, just stop. Just hand it in quit. Don't do it no more. Seriously. All right? Because most likely you're coaching someone that's under the age of 21 that treats you as a sense as a source of authority. And you're going to dilute or destroy their worldview for your personal gain. That's just yes. you're just a shitty person at that point. Even even worse, make them hate the sport. For what? Not want to play anymore. For what? Because you want to make more money. Well, if you want to make more money, you shouldn't have been fucking coaching. But it's not even that, though. Because just like you said, you have coaches at big universities getting paid a shit ton of money. So it's more of like... Just because it's a benefit 
doesn't mean that's the goal. No, but what that's I'm saying, a happy, that's a happy, that's a happy, it's, uh, a, it's a, it's a, it's a happy consequence. Yes. So, no, seriously. Though. No, but I'm saying to your point of people are making shit ton, a shit ton of money coaching at these big universities, right? Like, yeah, some of them might be bad coaches, but for the most part, these guys were pretty selfless and they're good at what they do. Coupled with the fact that like those two things brought their players closer to them and the fact that like I can trust this guy, I'm going to buy into what he's saying because of the fact that he's not feeding me bullshit, right? Agreed. Agreed. At that point, your players produce, you still have a job, but you also you also are moving up higher in the ranks. Start out as a a guy coaching 14-year-olds on the baseball field, and all of a sudden you're fucking uh, Tim Corbin for Vandy, <laughs> you know? Dude, that guy is like, he's living the motherfucking dream, bro. He is a legend. He's living the dream. And what's the number one thing you always hear from his players? We love Coach. Well, I've heard that a lot. You can hear that. You can hear that from a bad coach, too. It's more just he's there for us. You remember when Vandy had that kid that uh, died? He fell in the lake. That was like two or three years ago, and they were wearing. Not, I don't mean to say whatever to, to dismiss it. I forgot his name. It's like Donnie or something. But he died, and they they all wore his number that year, like a patch. Oh yes, yes, yes. I, I didn't know. He was he was genuinely broken up about that, you know. And that's just a freshman, regardless yeah. of his talent level, you know. That that's a guy that has a real connection with his guys. Yeah. And Tim Corbin is the head coach at Vanderbilt University. He's the baseball coach, and. I'm I'm fairly certain that most of you don't know who that is no or no why idea. that matters. But Vanderbilt is basically Vanderbilt went from who can we compare them to in another sport? Let's compare them to someone who do you think's bigger, basketball or football? Got you. I'm gonna go Vanderbilt is the Patriots dynasty with no, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And even if you don't, you're not a go sports kind of person. You know who those people are, or you at least know Tom. Brady. But they weren't always like that. Correct. Just the Bill Belichick dynasty with Tom Brady. That's like... Since he's been there. Yeah, that's like when Corbin started. Since he's been there. Corbin started with Vanderbilt in 03, I believe. Hold on. Yeah, I think he started about 03. And and Vanderbilt was shit back then. And now Vanderbilt is... Vanderbilt's been in in the top 10 the past... Eight years, something like that. The David Prices, the Sonny Grays, the Dansby Swansons—they have just churned out consistently good baseball players. This year, the Kumar Rockers. Oh my God, Kumar Rockers is going to be an Jack Lighter. Jack Lighter. Forgot about Jack Lighter. Mm-hmm. They like apparently they like Jack Lighter better because uh, Kumar. I don't know. It's it's so funny. I know we're getting away from our point with Vanderbilt, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, it's just funny how baseball reports, scouting reports work. Because I they're just they're so the, ass backwards. The excerpt you sent today. It's, he pumped 101, but... No, that was just... That, his command was a little off. No, that was just... <laughs> that was funny because it was just how good baseball is right now. Oh, that was your, <laughs> that was your point for that? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like you have this two-way guy from college... That was also one of their better hitters at a major D1. He pumps 101, and the first outing, they go, huh, his first outing in early February, he's not going nine innings, holding his velocity, can't believe it. Oh, then all of a sudden he gets on a roll, and he destroys everyone. Do a complete game against North Carolina. Yeah. With 15 Ks last year. I think he did the same thing, or the close to the same thing against Utah, and then it was one other school. And it was crazy. They, like, went through a whole thought process in that article. It went from, like, he's pumping 101 with a slider between 89 and 92 with a flash of a changeup that has good uh, good break and good... Uh, uh, good depth. Good depth to it with uh, a nice uh, a speed difference, a nice velocity difference. His command was a little off. Um, and he only did this, this, and that in his first outing post-COVID. And it was like, oh, but I forgot... Pre-COVID, he just destroyed everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell did you mention this middle part for? It looks so, like you just went through a thought progression yes, and figured out you yes, were an idiot. Yes, it's it's them working <laughs> through their thoughts aggressively. 
<laughs> it's more it's more as if all right guys right let's let's put a bow on it which is why honestly a lot of organizations got rid of their scouts because they're just the old school it's it it's not even the old school it's the human it's the human input that kind of fucks things up because humans rate things or do things based on their perception you know because a, a projection system or stats aren't going to tell you that but what they are going to tell you is this his velo dropped today, but then it was up the rest of the year or was up through the rest of his outings. You know, the same thing that the scouts telling you, oh, he saw this and it was COVID and this, that, and the third can be can be found out through the stats as well. So what do you want to do? Do you want to circle back to some Corbin? I kind of want to go on this uh, this human evaluation. thing. Yeah, I wanted to go there. I, I had a. All right, let's let's go. Go. So um, I think you could apply that to uh, I thought about jobs when you said that. Like you, you hear about all like those Steve Jobs? No, 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 no. You hear about all those stories, like, oh, um, you know, people come in for interviews, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, interviewers judge them off of their resume and off of their, uh, you know, off, let's just say off their attire or something like that, you know. And it's like, you know, maybe this person doesn't have the shit you need right now in terms of attire or maybe the resume doesn't tell the full story but you didn't give him the job and who knows he might have been she might have been the best worker that you've ever had and like like i said what it's an interview get dressed okay what i'm saying though is like crazy cases right like what like like say if somebody came in right with like i don't know let's just say khakis and a polo with dress shoes okay for an interview right and the, the interviewer was like, oh, in his mind, not wearing a suit. Well, that's like, different. That's different. That's what I mean. It depends what the job's for. If you're going to work at Enterprise, you don't need to wear a suit to be at that, you know, unless, and hold on, before I say that, if you have an interview, ask about the dress code. I do that every single time. Is there anything I should bring? Is there a dress code, or how do you guys usually dress for work? I don't see how that question doesn't come up. Why would you? Why would you guess that? I was more so talking about maybe somebody doesn't have it. What I think about, and I know it's a movie, but the pursuit oh, of happiness. I knew you were going here. Come on, man, you have. I to. knew you were going. Feel me? I like knew this is where you were taking us. You know, like the human evaluation thing is so based off of where did he want to work at a uh, a brokerage firm, and what do they? What do brokers wear? Suits. So tough shit. That's what you wanted, right? Yeah, but what I'm saying is that th- those were extenuating circumstances. He was painting his apartment. They were threatening to take his kid away, and he wanted he had okay, to pay okay, parking tickets. Okay, okay. How often do me? you think an interviewee sees that? And how no, often do you think I and, don't? And how often do you think an interviewee sees someone that just didn't take the the care and concern, or have the conscientiousness to ask the question? As someone that's interviewed many people, I've I've seen that a ton of times. I rem- I had. I had a girl travel from Harlem to Long Island to interview for a job with me in sweatpants and a hoodie and Uggs early March. It was like 40, 45. Did, she, did you give her the job? Hell no. She had no chance. <laughs> the only reason I went through with it is because she came in with her resume and just sat there very quietly and was just ready to go. And I was, I said to myself, I'm going to at least hear her out. I'm How was not, the interview? It was okay, I guess. I mean, it was, it was to work in the juice bar. It was, the, the main question was, can you be here and can you be here on time? And it was a shaky answer to that. So no, I'm not hiring you because okay. if you don't show up, I got to take your shift. And yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to go home. And that's what people don't realize. People are hiring you so they can go home and do less work. So if you're not uh, yes. making if you're not making their life easier, you're making it worse, and they're paying you to make it worse, which means that they by default hate you. They didn't know it at first, but they hate you now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And a lot of people have not hired people or been in that position. I have, and I can tell you right now, not fun. And what's worse is when you hire someone or you give someone a second chance, and you say to yourself, you know, I'm gonna believe in people. I'm going to try my best, and then they burn you anyway, because that's how people are. Yes. Let's get back to the human perception thing, though. That's, human evaluation. Hey, we were still there. Um, oh. We're, but I'm, I'm speaking in terms of, like, 
people more so judging, you know, off rip than anything, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of really seeing somebody like, let's just say in terms of athletics, right? I'm guilty in terms of like seeing somebody show up and just by the way they're like walking or like their mannerisms be like, this dude's trash. Let me ask you something though. Are you more often right than not? About their perceived talent level, oh, you see them walk more than, more than not. I'm right. So is it, is it more just anticipation or is it judgment? Because there's a difference. That's very true. It's more of like a because athletes can definitely know. Athletes, it's... you see someone walk through the door. And you can tell already if they got sauce or not. You it's just more like it. an experience. You can thing. smell it. Yeah. I can smell that when I'm on the field. If I'm on the mound with the ball in my hand and I see a batter walk into the box, I can see by the way he sets up and looks at me, I can tell if he's food or not. He's a bowler. I can not, smell yeah. it on him. You know, if I know, I can, I can just see it from the way you look at me. Because when I'm in there, I'm not even looking at the sign for the first couple of seconds. I'm looking at you in your soul. I want to see what's in there. I'm trying to find out what's going on. That's good. That and your setup at the plate is going to determine how I approach your at bat the whole way. Hmm. Whole way. Before anything else happens. I don't care about scouting report. I don't care about your numbers for the year. I want to see what your confidence looks like. Because you get in the box, you don't look confident, and you're standing a little away from the plate. I'm just going to come right at you. I'm not fooling around. If you if you burn me, you burn me. Cool. You can see it from when they walk from the on-deck circle to the box. You can see it from the way... They fiddle their batting gloves. They fiddle their, you know, they they wiggle the bat. You can tell as a pitcher. I feel, at least myself personally. Yeah. So I think 100%. it's the same. I think it's the same way when you interview someone. Someone can walk in and you can sense the confidence. You can sense the, I know what I'm doing here. I deserve this job. I feel like that's why, I've always interviewed very well. Whether it be, for a scholarship or a job or it be. I've never had a problem with for, for anything, just to be elected for stuff. Because my thing was this. I don't know you, you don't know me. I'm going to tell you who I am, and if it's not good enough, that sounds a lot like your problem. Because I'm going to still go home. So <laughs> that's your that's <laughs> you got to find entirely somebody Entirely your issue. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I think that was... Uh, and I think that's because I've never... Uh, I don't think... I don't think you've ever... like we've ever ever had the the human evaluation thing like in the back of our minds what do you mean in terms of like it was more so i feel it's either built into you in terms of like you evaluating people when you see them when you meet them when you interact with them and in and what i mean by like evaluating them like you just know how to read them and act accordingly based on like what they are putting out, you know, like for example, like I don't think I don't think you have to worry about that being programmed into you. We all get a feeling from people when we see them, right? Some people aren't like that. Some no, people we cannot all read. A you room. might, you might, it might be buried deep in you, or you might try to turn it off as best as you can. But either way, when you see someone, you feel something, and this comes back to what we said about just being attracted to like a, uh, another person. It's the same thing. You can feel it. You can feel the difference. When someone new comes into the office, you can feel their energy right away. I don't think that happens with like. I think that might happen with attraction, but I don't know if that exactly happens with like, like every other interaction that is purely platonic. I I think so. I think it's either built into people, right, and they can read a room and act accordingly and, and sense energy or it's people who kind of just like stay towards the back and then find a niche in the room and go act that way. Well, that's One, because that's them or two, because it's the easiest. That's how I feel people are. That's the human evaluation thing. You either can read the whole room and say, I want to go with the athletes or I want to go with the people talking about business or like and that's whatever a ton about you off the top. What do you what do you mean by that? Like everything you do once you walk into a room is an example of your character and personality, regardless of what you do. If I walk into a room 
of people I don't know, the first thing I'm going to do is find my is find people that look like me or that I feel would share the same perspective as me and be in their vicinity as I scope out the rest of the room. If there's water, I'll grab some water. But that says a lot about me. That says a lot about me. You know, I'm an observant person. I'm not just going to dive into something. That says a lot about me. Just just as when you see someone else walk in, you can tell exactly. You can tell not exactly, but you can get a good gist of who they are. I feel as if I can tell who someone is by the way they dap me up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just like someone will say, oh, uh, he gave me the limp, the dead fish. Yeah. Uh, when he gave me a handshake, when he walked in, he didn't make eye contact. That that says a lot. That I don't care lot. how good your resume is. That definitely applies. Yes. I've definitely had that. I've definitely had that happen. When yes. when I took one of my older jobs, I remember being introduced to everyone and brought around. And it, as soon as I met people, I knew, okay, you're going to be a problem. You're going to give me issues. You're going to suck up to me. But you're going to really think that you could do my job. I, I could tell that. And I was right on pretty much 95% of everyone. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you know, and maybe that's just I have good evaluation. That, maybe that's just you think. No, like, but maybe I just have good evaluation skills. But I think that if you're observant and you don't talk through everyone, you can pretty much find out whatever you want to know when you walk into a room or speak to somebody. Like I said, for for maybe most people or whatever the percentage is, but like, yeah, I agree with that. I think I can walk into a room. I can be in a room, see people walk in, and get a sense of what they're like off rip. But I think that I I see people walk into a room sometimes, and they're just like befuddled. They're just disheveled. They just don't know what what to do, where to go, what to say, type shit. And I don't know if that leaks into the whole like, uh, like I don't even know what would you call that like just interaction interacting it with does. people it like, 100% like, does it always does you can't say it doesn't but that's you know what that's fine that's just human interaction and i feel as if every time there's something that people don't like in society or don't like about people treating each other they want to just change the way that people are as a as a whole you know, there shouldn't be any judgment in society. Well, that's just, that's not going to happen. There's no. always judgment from from what you look like, from what you wear, etc. It's always going to be like that. We're visual creatures. We have two eyes, one nose, and two ears. What we see and what we hear rules. That's just it. Yes. Why, why pretend it's anything else? You know, would I treat someone differently because of the way I perceive them? Hell no. You know, I'm going to well, give Well, by the I, way you perceive them? Perceive them coming in. Someone that oh, I've never okay, interacted yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yes. Like that girl that came in and interviewed me. I gave her the same shot and the same questions I'd ask anyone else. Who knows? She could end up being my best worker. I don't care if she wore Uggs. At her, in the job I'm giving her, she's wearing a visor and a dry fit shirt. So I don't need her Pretty to be... Pretty much the same shit. I don't need her to be in a suit. Yes. You know? So, so you're... But the interview wasn't that good, is what you're saying. The interview wasn't... No. No, but I'm saying there's a difference between judgment and perception. Yes. And I feel as if those lines get dangerously crossed and everyone's everyone's kind of saying, oh, no judgment, no perception, nothing. They're just a person. That's dumb. <laughs> if I see a guy in a true religion jean suit walking to the party, I know it's my time to go. And you can say, oh, I don't have any judgment and you'll end up with a bullet in the ass. I won't. Bump that uh, Skillet Bang, How Life's So Sweet. You know what? It's just going to be the motherfucking intro songs of this pod. How about that? The Prodigy. Yeah, he went crazy on that. I can't even hold you. I, I was, 35 I, song drop. I'm, I, I I put it on shuffle. I tried to get through it. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. Nah, nah. It's a little can, tough. Nah, nah. It's a little You're tough. Crazy. I couldn't even get through that one shot. Can't do that. It's tough. 15 songs at a clip at most. That's like you want a long-ass car ride and you letting it play. Facts. Type shit. Facts. But like you walking around, you got about... Five songs max in you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Skilla Bang, The Prodigy. It's on Apple Music. It's a little reggae sound. Dancehall. Dancehall sound. I apologize. Tune but, in. Yeah. So, we've discussed the dangers of true religion suits, unless it's on Russell Westbrook. Uh, 
kind of want to go back to the punctuality shit we was talking about. Punctuality. Yeah. Oh. With uh. With 9 a.m. start time at work, I'll be there at 9.22. Because <laughs> I can't. I'll be parking at 9.22. It'd be crazy sometimes. I really think that I'm about to get in trouble. And I walk into the office and nobody gives a fuck. Yo, Nobody even looks at me when I walk isn't in. Isn't it so crazy when you work in a healthy work environment or where everyone just gets their work done and no one really cares if, if you're a few minutes late? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about like... Because, I mean, for me, like, when I have my business, businesses, and I say, all right, I need people in at 8, and somebody comes in at 8.30, but from 8.30 to whatever time they're done, I have everything I need. I don't have to worry about what they're doing because I have everything I need. And whatever I tell them to do in the future is going to get done because I have a track record and I know how they work. I'm not going to have a problem. That's a slippery slope. Just not going to have a problem. I don't disagree. I think it's more you have to earn your right to do that. Yeah, I'm not having some entry-level kid doing that, no. No, it's not even the entry-level. It's you can't be late to meetings. You can't be late when I need you. And it can't be all the time, you know? Agreed. So you can't be coming. If you're scheduled to be working from 8 to 5 and you're in at 8.30 every day, it's different. For instance, the place I work, I'm supposed, my hours are 8 to 4 officially. That's on the contract I signed. They said, we'd like you to be there at 7.30 to prep so that 8 o'clock you're hitting the ground running. Which, you know, I kind of give an eye roll to because it's more of, all right, you're paying me from 8 to 4, but I'm showing up half an hour early to be ready to start at 8. Right. Which I get, though, because if you get to work at 8. That's you're not like, getting going until like 8.30. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> not. You're warming up. But, I mean, hey, the people that get in at 9 aren't getting rolling till 10. So and that's different though. I feel like anytime anybody goes into work, if you have a work time that starts after eight thirty, you should be ready to go off rip. It's nine o'clock in the morning. It's nine AM, bro. That's a reg that's a late Saturday wake up sometimes. Are you are you hot and ready like Little Caesars when you come in the office at nine thirty? So I feel like No no no, answer the question, yes or no. Are you hot and ready like Little Caesars when you walk into the office? Don't yes. meander. Yes. If you come into the office at nine thirty you're not wiping the crust out of your eyes. Nope. You're not. You're not rubbing your eyes and uh, and and just discombobulated. You're coming in alert and hot. It's nine a.m. Okay. Nine thirty. Okay. What's the first move when you walk into the office? Hit my space bar twice. Log in. Okay. After you log in, what's Coffee. your Coffee. Okay. Good move. That's my <laughs> have move. To, have to. That's. You know what it is? You gotta log in so people know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> then the next fifteen minutes Yo, you spend getting coffee. They see your computer on. Oh, DK, he working. I gotta worry about it. <laughs> he's he's somewhere. So <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know what you don't worry about. That's that's a if you're not doing that, you a rookie. Honestly, you a rookie in this job life. You gotta turn Honestly. the monitor on. Put your email up. Get whatever other screen. If you got two screens, yes. get something else yes. on the other screen. Yes. <laughs> and yes. go about your fucking coffee business. If you don't listen to anything else we tell you, this is this will keep you employed the longest. You need <laughs> Yo. to you need to blitz. You need to blitz your workspace. You need to come yes. in and just the desk is a mess. Two screens are on. You might have been in the office for four to five minutes. <laughs> but anyone that walks past the desk is like, damn, they got a lot going on. Today. Bro, get a notepad, turn a couple pages, even got something written on it. Write the date, some random shit, put a pen on the notepad. Pages flipped. Oh my goodness. You know what I used oh to do? God. You know, you know what's crazy? I've seen that so many times on people's desks that I've worked with, and I'm like, you're not doing shit. <laughs> you're lying. I, you're lying to me right now. I know what's happening. You know it's what crazy. I like to do? I like to give a, oh, I like to walk in the office on the phone. Because then everyone assumes you've just been working your ass off since God knows when. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Sometimes I save calls for that time. Oh, my God. When you come on the phone, well, I don't care when it gets here. <laughs> Yo, the respect you get. I was gonna say niggas be looking at you like, yeah. Yeah, the respect you it. get is it's damn. He boss like it's, it's seven forty five. You getting in the ass yeah, already, huh? It's, it's very boss like. Yeah, and then you you click the phone. Well, you can't click it. You can't slam them. Yeah. But you put the phone down. You give a little sigh. You know, you give a little. Man, it's gonna be a crazy day. <laughs> and then you all of a sudden, all of a sudden, your office cloud is like, damn, he's he's ready to go. Mind you, <laughs> that was your mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he told you that the car you wanted him to check out was a was a death trap on four wheels. Oh my god! 
that's that's what that call was. Mind you, there's her cousin, yes. and they didn't take the dog out, and now it pissed it pissed in the living room. But yes. you're still angry about it. Yes, that's exactly what that is, yo. That's so, free game. So I don't. <laughs> that's free game. That's what that is. I don't ever come in on the phone because one thing I don't like doing in the morning is talking, like to people, like. I'm not going to say not following up, but, like, I'll send an email first in the morning, and then I'll follow up with a call at that point. Because more than likely, nobody's answering the phone before, like, 1030. It's a very, very, very tricky game at that point. I would disagree. Really? But me, personally, I'm bad with this. Unless it's like a GC. So, where I worked before, your phone could ring from 630 to 530 every day. Absolutely. And where I work now... It could be from seven to to five or six. But personally, if I need something from you, I'm just gonna call you. And if you don't pick up, I'm gonna leave a message. And if you don't get back to me, I'm just gonna blow your phone up. And what are you gonna do? Because you're not gonna fight me. So you're definitely gonna call me back. So at some point, I'm going to get what I want. This is very true. And it's not in a harassing manner. It's more. It's my job. Hey, this is Evan. This is my phone number. Call me back. Later that day, maybe an hour or two later, email to follow up. Don't hear anything? Cool. Next day, different time. I'm just going to keep trying. I'm just, it's just not going to stop. Gotta, you always got to send the emails for backup. Listen, I've tried to call yes. your phone a couple times. Yes. Always got to send the emails. I just, personally, I just don't like... I'm not trying to get in, like get crazy at 930, you know? And if I have to, it's only because I didn't follow up the day before. Because I'm, I'm a type of guy, I'll make... The big, big, big follow-up calls between, like, two and, like, four at the end of the day previous, right? Because if you do it in the morning, they're going to forget whatever that happens throughout the day is not going to happen. If you send it at five, probably not going to be at work. So you're going to miss that window. So you got to, like, right after lunch and up till four, right? Get that call. They don't answer. Blah, 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 whatever. They answer. I need this tomorrow by 11 that point you don't have to call nobody before i'm gonna follow up with you at 10 30 right make sure you got it for 11 i don't have to worry about anything from like 9 to 10 30 right unless it's the gc though unless you got like the gc or like one of your bosses i mean the subs that you worth the dame dash i don't have a boss i have a supervisor yeah supervisors most of those like most of those guys don't really call you at that time anyway. They're just gonna badger your phone in the middle of the day when they find out all their uh, all the quote unquote problems that they have that are easily fixable. They just want you to do it. And uh, the subs that you uh, that you give out parts of your project to, if you do that, they're not gonna follow up with you unless you follow up with them. Now, what do you mean by sub for the people? A uh, subcontractor. There we go. Of uh, whatever sorts, whatever uh, whatever field you may be in. Um, but yeah, they're not going to bother you unless you bother them. Because they really don't want to like get you the information. Not that they don't want to get you the information. It's just they're lax, personally. I've, every sub I've ever dealt with is just lax. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a company <laughs> thing, but I've dealt with seven of you's previous. You know what it is? So, Subcontractors are used to are used to everything being a rush for the guy ahead of them, and it means nothing to them because they're getting paid either way and they're needed. Yeah, so it's annoying. They don't give a goddamn. They don't. They he was don't. giving me one. He was giving me two word answers. Hey, uh, this is Evan. When is uh when are we gonna get these submittals back? We're getting some pressure from the from the uh, construction management, the the GC. When can we expect it? Submittals aren't done yet. Really. Wow. No joke. When can we expect them? Later this week. Friday's, Friday, 8 a.m. email. This is Evan following up. You said later this week. It's Friday. Can we expect them today? Not sure. We'll check back in later. No, no, we'll check back in. Just not sure. You know what happens then? What? Copy the supervisors on the email, baby. He is the supervisor. No, no, no. You copy your supervisors on the email. I, I did. Oh, did you already? Oh, shit. Oh, you're shit out of luck. They, I don't, did. they don't give a motherfuck, though. <laughs> they just want it done. They don't really care. Oh, they don't who's... give a motherfuck. Look, I'm not a person to get angry at work, but if I don't get what I need and you are technically working for me, there will be an issue. Yes. But thankfully, 
there has been no need for any of those actions to have taken place because personally, I don't want to get angry about money that's not mine. Fair point. I don't. So if you've gotten me to that point, you've really pissed me off. But you don't want to get angry. I mean, you've never gotten angry to the point of like frustration just because somebody's pressuring you, your supervisor, a.k.a.? I mean, for sure, but I'm just going to call and send an email, and then that's about it. I mean, why? I'm not going to scream at somebody about that, you know? Worst comes to worst, I'm just going to CC everybody. So at least everyone knows it's your fault. Yeah. You know? Because at the end of the day, you're a grown-ass person, you know? But grown-ass people act like high schoolers, too, so. I feel like uh, I feel like the older generation is definitely more, definitely more keen on, uh, like, raising the voice. You know, and I'm just like, I don't think it works that way anymore. Like people don't respond to that, you know, and I guess in the construction industry is different because I feel like most people do respond to that. Like once you start get like aggressive and stern and assertive, people are just like, yeah, might need to get him this paperwork ASAP, you know, because <laughs> it's like I've definitely, definitely been on like, I need this material tomorrow. Can you do it for me? Yes. Copy. All right. I'm giving you the order. Place it. Right? Or Meanwhile, I got two other guys who wanted this fucking shit that could have probably gotten it to me on time, but I went with you. Right? Decided to give you some business this time. Yes. I can get it to you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Two days later. Our trucks are just backed up. And, you know, we might not be. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? What happens now? What happens now, buddy? That's very different. Like that's I, very different, and you know, you know what's horrible. What you're describing contr- is when you're working with a vendor versus a sub. A vendors are vendors oh, are yes. much different. Vendors you can yes. take that tone with because vendors are dependent on you for their money in terms of constant yes. supply. Vendors never want to be on your bad side. I got a guy that calls me from a rental place every other day, just asking be- you for work no just checking in because they fucked up so much he's oh, just checking shit. in checking in checking in and i mean we're probably not gonna use them anyway anymore yeah. just oh, because shit. they're just so bad and now we're getting into billing time and i can already see this is gonna be a clusterfuck <laughs> but so you can take that tone with them yeah but i hate to be i hate to say a cliche cliche but you catch more bur- more flies with honey than uh vinegar and personally, I don't even I don't even raise my voice because I just don't I don't get to that point. I'm just relentless. If I want something from you, I don't care if you give me one word answers. He gave me all the one word answers he wants. He could feel how he wants. I emailed him to the point that he handed me off to someone else that answers me within the hour. That's really? All, and that's all I ever wanted. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's all I ever wanted. He's definitely like this motherfucker. I see see him. I see see him on everything I send her too. That's every that's every fucking construction guy who does not want to deal with emails. I've heard it so many times. This motherfucker doesn't fucking stop. Yeah. His phone don't stop. What yeah. the fuck is? And I'm like, he wants the work, guy. Mm-hmm. Like, what the uh-huh. hell? I don't understand what you're fucking mad about. But see, I got what I want. He got what he wanted. He wanted to be left alone. I wanted to get the answers. So we both won. And guess what? If you really have a problem. Call me or come to the office. The office address is on my emails. easily accessible <laughs> on Google. So, you know. You don't have it in your signature? If you're feeling froggy, leap. No, no, no. I just have my phone number in the signature. Uh-huh. That's it. And it's crazy because you'll do that and people will be like, so what's your number? Oh, my and it's God. just like, oh, so the reading th- is not easy for you, apparently. The, the other day, I'm calling I'm calling uh, one, of our, uh, one of our vendors to get our, our, our Switchgear stuff. They've not returned any of my calls over like a three month or two month like time period. Not one. Seriously? Not one. Right? What about emails? Not one. Really? Right. About switch gear? Not one. Are you serious? All right. Right. Now that that might have been to the point where it's like I need to go show up at their office. But, right, most of the stuff was turned in already. It was mostly just like little stuff they were like doing with like coordination and like stuff that was like above me in terms of like my supervisor had to handle it. Mm Mm-hmm. But not one email or phone call returned to me based on what I was following up on. Okay. Right? Literally, phone number's in my email. Guys ask me for my phone number. He calls me, right? I guess one time. He just called me one time. <laughs> Didn't even ring, right? I just got the missed call. And he goes, yeah, I rang. I, I called you. Like, your phone isn't working. It just goes straight to voicemail. 
my supervisor chimes in on the email thread, Sadiq, fix your phone. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, that's another thing, too. Like, if you don't, <laughs> if you're not the supervisor, like, you don't follow up and you don't badger those people and, like, your supervisor doesn't see you get crazy with people in terms of, like, badgering them to death and getting the information out, like, it's on you. So at the end of the day, like, you badgering somebody and, like, you acting like an asshole is low-key, like, essential for the business. And your employment sometimes. You know what it is? You would, you would, coming out of high school, you would think to yourself, or college, you would think, these professional people with families to feed, and they're just, they're going to be on their shit. They're going to be responding. Nope. 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 Got older, cared less. (laughs) Read something the other day. Nigga said, adults used to be more adultish when I was younger. Had to be, right? And now it's it's us, and we're clowns. It's actually very disappointing. It's crazy. Very disappointing. (laughs) I thought everyone had their shit together, and it's like, y'all are a mess. Straight up. I thought I was I thought I was a little bit of a mess. Personally, I'm like, damn, I gotta show y'all how to do this. I just <laughs> got here. Y'all just y'all can't do nothing. Yo, it's I swear to God, I always tell my parents this now. I'm like, we grew up and y'all grew down. Like we, had to be, right? We gotta I like that. What's wrong with this? Like we ha- we are telling you how to do things now, mom, what dad, what's what's going on? Yo, hundred yo, what's going on? Yo, hundred percent. People over forty just don't know how to do anything yo, anymore. And it's, it's crippling. It's crazy. Them. You tell someone over forty to do something they've never done before and they're just like, Wait, what? Huh? And it's That's like the worst. And it's like guys. Oh my. guys. Yo, that is guys. That's a pet peeve. Guys, it's like guys. You're too old to, to be this. This easily defeatable. Not even that. What did you do to me when I was 10 and I didn't know the answer to a fucking math problem? You made me cry. <laughs> well, not... All right, we can't use your... Everyone didn't yell at you when you couldn't do your <laughs> No, I'm no, 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 I'm just saying. That's a... I feel like parents <laughs> yelling at kids... Parents yelling at kids from the ages of like 6 to 10 at for homework, I feel like that's a pretty relatable experience. Like, we all what's 3 life? times 7, Jimmy? No, 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 no. You gotta go... If Johnny had six apples. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And I feel like those were so easy, and I was just under so much pressure and so scared of getting it wrong that I just fucking got it wrong. Yeah, you folded. Yes. You folded. No backbone, no willpower, nothing. You know what's funny? I never had that issues because I was always good, I was always good at math coming up. I math wasn't, wasn't the issue. Yeah, math was suckish. It was just, uh, you ever seen the, the, the memes where it's... Uh, you getting ready to tell your mom that you need glue for a project due tomorrow at, at, 10 at 9 p.m. p.m. Yes. At 9 p.m. on a Sunday? I've done that plenty of times. Are you shitting me? Are you <laughs> Yo. shitting me? Are you shitting me? That used to be my jam. <laughs> right over dinner, too. Right over dinner, too. Mom, what's the glue? What do you need glue for? Yo. <laughs> Yo. You know when they ask that question, you can't you can't give no excuse. Because once they know you're looking for the glue, they're going to look at what you're doing. Bro, no. Is this homework? No. Is this a project? <laughs> what is this do? What is this do? Tell me right now. Yo, my man, I can't tell you how many times. Because my parents have literally taken an interest in my schoolwork at 9 p.m. the night before it's due. And I'm just like, listen, you could have gave me the glue. I could have went with this construction paper and these photos. Could have locked my door. And y'all could have went to bed. And I could have gotten an A on this. You chose this. But, but now you're choosing violence. For what? Just a medal. Now we now we all aggravated. No, you now don't. my sisters are scared because you're going to get crazy and try and fucking launch me across the house because I need glue to put these shits on a book report. Like, come on. Yo, honestly. Oh my god, these used to be the days. Nah, honestly, I remember. I just remember the whole weekend just putting it off and putting it off, and it's just to me, it was just I'm gonna be tired of school anyway. (laughs) So what? What's it to me to be up a little later? Yo, and you know what's funny? You know what always be my thing? My parents be like, "You had all weekend to do this. Why'd you wait till now?" And it's like I'd be like. I was planning it. I had the whole thing in my head. <laughs> Yo! I just got to execute it. And they, they would just look at me and be like, you're lying. 
Why have I never thought about that? I feel like that could have gotten me out of a lot of shit. And then, no, because then I would tell them my plan. They'd be like, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's all, and then we're back to to zero. (laughs) You would tell them your plan? Yeah. Nah. It wouldn't be a good one because sometimes I'd be lying. (laughs) Most of the time. You have a plan? What's the plan? Damn, we always ask you for something. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to take these two things and glue them on this side of the paper. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's... uh, Oh, look at Zion. That was my... um... Oh! Damn! (laughs) That was my absolute specialty. Dame. Dame Akella. Is this on TV? We got to find this. That's That's a game right there. Just like we gotta find the Wizards against the uh, the Pelicans to watch Damon's Iron Ball out. You need to find this podcast on Apple Music, and you need to listen to it. You need to take heed, take heed of our experiences and our warnings. Just take the heed. Nah, I'm fucking with y'all. Um, enjoy the fucking podcast. Um, Hold listen on, to what I you want to listen about to. Zion Williamson. Here we go. Somewhere, someone. Said to themselves, Zion Williamson is too athletic and too strong to work in the to work in the NBA. And I just have to say to that person, give it up, man. Just give up the sport of basketball. <laughs> just bring it in. No, no, no. The the whole sport, just pack it in. Oh, just give pack, it up. Just it? soccer, hockey, football, baseball. Just give it up because I just don't. It's like DK Metcalf. People were saying he's too athletic, too strong for this to work. And and those guys, give it up, pack it in, forget about it, pick a different sport. You know what? Pick a different profession. Sports aren't for you because common sense doesn't work. Pick something where common sense is not needed. Be a politician. Just do things. <laughs> don't, don't work anywhere where we can at least find the receipts of the dumb shit you said. Yeah. I, I'll put it like that because this is just it's crazy. Because I guarantee you we will not hold back. There will be no remorse in our hearts for lack of common sense in a uh, in a blatant situation. Yes, that's right. Shout out Fernando Tatis. 14 years, $340 million, generational wealth. And DR, he could probably buy the country now. Jesus, 14 years. Yo. Do we want to? The fact is he what, what what does that work out to? Fourteen divide thirty three forty divided by four million, twenty five million, one of those two. That's amazing. It's, it's there. It's Dan. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. He's sponsored by Gatorade. He's sponsored by Adidas. And he's sponsored by who is there one more? Or is that it? Uh hundred percent glasses. Hundred percent yes. See those ads on IG and I'm like, is that Tatis? Yeah, so two things, three things you should take away. Um, Listen to this podcast. It's good for your health. Uh, Two, don't believe everything we say because it's bad for your health. Um, And three, get fucking better because you got kids like fucking Fernando Tatis Jr. inking 14 years, 340 fucking million, and you're complaining that you don't want to start your business because you're afraid of what people are going to fucking think. I don't I don't know those tie together, but I'd like the way I think I'd like to end on that note. Bye now. <laughs>